FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammett, JD, CMT, keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of FinTech Hunting. I have a very special guest for you guys today. It is Dana Ventura. He is the Chief Revenue Officer at Credify. Dana, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I, I, I do have to be honest, this is my first time on a podcast, so <laughs> this will be fun. Fantastic. Well, you are welcome to be here. We're so excited that you're a guest and whether it's your first time or your hundredth time, we hope you enjoy it. I know our listeners are going to gain a ton from your insights and knowledge. So let's start with the elephant in the room and your name is Credify. So there's been a lot of bad actors out in the industry as it relates to credit repair. What's the difference between credit repair and credit wellness and kind of your approach to credit and why it's so important for borrowers and lenders to understand the difference? Of course. So uh, our product that we offer to the mortgage community is called the Mortgage Strength Scan. Uh, well, the name of our company is Credify, but that is the product that I'd like to talk with, about today. And the major difference is our, our proprietary software that we have in place. Um, and I'll go through that into some more detail as we get further through the conversation. But ultimately, credit repair is, is, is not a one-trick pony, right? It, it's just it's, it's one tool in an arsenal. So where, where the differences really lie are having a professional guide your consumer, your customer, your prospect through a detailed process. A lot of times that is not just credit repair. Uh, what we really see a lot of lately is the differences between uh, high revolving debt, um, bad debt, things like that. That's a lot what's coming through the pipeline, especially in this day and age. But again, the, the major component between a standard credit repair organization and then what we offer is that, that quality coach who goes through the entire process as a, a single point of contact for the borrower, bringing them through to the next level so they're ready to, to get their financing in order. Does that make sense? It certainly does. So I appreciate that. And I think it's a great place to start. We would also be remiss without talking about the pandemic that we're currently encountering and how has that impacted borrowers' credit? And what are you guys seeing in the industry as it relates to COVID-19 uh, and its impact for borrowers? I, I, even if you're not directly impacted by the pandemic, I believe people are being very, very cautious as to what they're doing with their, their money. In some cases, they're making choices between buying food or buying or paying their mortgage or their utilities. So they're really, it's a really big juggling act that they're trying to do. And, and a lot of times they don't have the information to kind of really determine what is the best next course of action for that individual. Again, whether they're part of the pandemic, lost their position, their position was, was uh, their pay was declined, whatever the case might be. But we are seeing a lot of people rack up that credit card debt uh, to a point where they're having a difficulty time uh, keeping those payments at, uh, current. So, and I think there was also a factor there where they're nervous about pulling their money out of their savings or 401k to keep things current. So they're not sure which direction to go in. Not that we're financial advisors and I wouldn't make pretend that we are. But that's really what we're seeing. Just people are really nervous. They don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So they're trying to, to prepare the best way they can. And unfortunately, 
a lot of times that's, that's keeping that money in the savings account and charging up their cards. And we're seeing lots and lots of that, as you can imagine. Absolutely. So as we talk credit, there's really two categories that I see how you guys can benefit and why lenders need to understand the tools that are out there so their individual loan officers don't have to try to become credit experts because most loan officers, most lenders don't want their loan officers giving any sort of credit advice. <laughs> and then you That's also right. have, you know, the borrowers that are out there. So let's first start with lenders. Why do lenders really have to understand credit how their LOs should be talking about it, not talking about it, and then let's talk about why it's so critically important to go to a third-party expert to really help them navigate these waters. Sure. A, a successful loan officer will have a few things in their arsenal, right? And, and one of the most important things is technology and process, or two of the most important things, right? They have a process in place. So the people who are achieving their goals and, and hitting their numbers month after month and expanding have those processes in place. I talk to a lot of people, as you can imagine, in my role, and that really is the standout between the successful and the unsuccessful. And what I, I don't even want to say unsuccessful, but people who are striving to get to the next level with their career, with their loans, their, their ability to bring on more business. And the number one thing that I see are, are loan officers trying to guide some of their consumers through the rocky waters of credit and debt, um, and they spend an exorbitant amount of time doing that. That's time that's much better spent on working on expanding the referral network, talking to customers who are able to move forward today and don't need that necessarily need that extra help in the background. And that's really where our team comes in because you can take those individuals that, that are not qualified today, put them in what we call our system or your lead nurturing campaign. Uh, our team will follow up with that consumer on your behalf through the entire process, keeping them in the know and helping them get to the, 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 the point where they're able to be funded. So the, again, the loan officers, who really have that process in place, understand I need to stay in my lane. I, it's so many, there are so many variables to fixing someone's credit or their financial standing overall, that if they focus on just taking applications referrals and working on their referral partner relationships, letting another third party take on that work and that time, well, that makes them much more successful, gives them the time to, to nurture their, their business properly, if that makes sense. It does. So let, let's expand upon that a little bit, because I think one of the biggest challenges right now, if I'm a loan officer and I got tons of low hanging fruit, I can do refis till, you know, I can do refis 24 hours a day from now until the end of the year. And I'm still not going to be at capacity to handle all the refis. So right. why should a lender, why should a loan officer worry about the declines when they have all of these other loans that are just filling up their pipelines Talk to me about that and why it's important that a lender and specifically the loan officers don't just push away the people that were turned down, but give them a path so that they can turn into a funded loan and let the loan officers still handle all of that low-hanging fruit. Of course. Like I said, I speak to so many different people and I have so many stories to share, so I'm going to try to consolidate for you. <laughs> but But ultimately, it comes down to a few different factors, right? So everybody's busy right now because the rates are wonderful. So thinking about what I can focus on today is really important, obviously. And to your point, they're never going to be able to get through all those things in a timely fashion, all those loans that they can refinance. But that is going to dry up at some point. So there's two reasons. First, you want to look at what's coming down the pipeline in three, six, nine months. Where am I going to be? Where are my referrals going to be? Am I going to, is the refi market still going to be there? No one has the specific answers to those questions, but by planting those seeds within our system and letting us help you, it's there for you. 
It's just happening in the background. It's set it and forget it type of stuff, right? So the, the, again, the main point is them thinking ahead, thinking through where I'm going to be, what I want to accomplish. And ultimately, there's going to come a time when things do slow down. Am I prepared for that? Am I using the technology properly or a system properly? Or what process do I have in place that will help me sustain my business even after the refi boom is over? And the what other really – sorry, go ahead. We've been in the industry so long, we know that rates are going to eventually go up. You know, That's right. Whether they're going to stay this low for the rest of the year, part of next year, a lot of it depends on what's going to happen with this pandemic. None of us have a crystal ball. Uh, if a vaccine comes out, could rates jump 50 basis points or, or full basis point in, in one day? How much would that wipe out of people's pipeline? So I think to your point about it's prudent for lenders to not just turn down these and not worry about it because they have enough right now that they can just uh, handle through their pipeline. But more importantly, from a long-term perspective, I like the term you used about set it and forget it. So it's not like you're asking lenders to take 20 more steps and everything. It's really the difference between turning them away and not helping them or creating a borrower that they can help with, a borrower who's going to be loyal for life because there's a system in place that's going to allow them to create that credit wellness. Let's talk right. for a second, and then we're going to get into technology and a few other things. But from a borrower perspective, I think a lot of people don't fully understand why is having good credit so important? We could just talk about some of those basics. So any of the borrowers that are listening to this, any of the loan officers that don't fully understand the dynamics, what does it do for rates, uh, how much they're paying in fees? Talk to our audience a little bit about that perspective. Sure. Uh, credit applies to your life in so many different areas that people don't even realize. They truly don't. I mean, it comes to life insurance, uh, car insurance, your credit cards themselves. Being able to transition some of your debt from those high cards to to 0% interest and things like that. But it really goes across the board. It's so much more than just mortgage. It's it's how strong your presence is to the lending community, the insurance community. Uh, and that's the really, really important component. They could be spending five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars a month more than they need to if they were just tightened up a little bit and got their, their accounts in order and followed a process that we help put in place for them. But, but so I, what I, you're it, telling me is that the better my credit score, the better rates I'm going to get or the lower rates I'm going to get, I'm going to get the premier rates, whether it's with a mortgage, whether it's for a car. And so over the long haul, I'm going to save significantly more money because I've gotten better rates because of my credit. Is that correct? That's 100% correct. Right. And again, that spans beyond cars and mortgage. It spans into your insurance. It spans into so many different factors of your life. It's just uh, it, when you really start to think about it, it's remarkable how, how important it is to have a strong financial presence um, and the money exactly. that it can save you. The interest payments alone that you're making, think about being able to put that money into a savings account instead of to the credit card pockets into their paying those high fees, those high interest rates and the terms for your and you brought it up the auto as well. I mean, that's a significant savings you'll see just by having the, the right presence and having the right the right financial standing. Excellent. So now let's talk about technology. We've talked about the pandemic some. We've talked about how that's impacted Let's talk from a high-level perspective, not necessarily just your product offering, but from a high-level sure. technology perspective. How is technology changing 
how lenders can interact with their borrowers and help them with credit and how is it changing how borrowers are being helped with their credit? What, what's technology's role in this whole equation? Uh, that's critical. Uh, technology, and this is what I was briefly touching on before, separate the successful loan officers from the loan officers who are still trying to figure it out, technology and process. So bringing in the correct technology that doesn't add to your workday, but it's supposed to take away some of your work and give you more hours to spend focusing on what you need to focus on, which is expanding your business and moving forward. But, you know, I've always been a big fan of having the latest and, and best. That's not and, and that's that's a great course of action to have. But that's not always the best case. In some cases, you need to to really figure out which software works or technology works best for your specific workflow. Maybe your local market could be could have some variables to that as well. Uh, there are so many parts to it, but embracing technology and process will take your average loan officer and turn them into a superstar just by following some basic process guidelines and rules, making sure that you're focusing on the important things. Um, and, and interacting with borrowers, that, that has come miles and miles um, in, in the past 10 years, and you've been around, so you know too. It's, it's not just, just having them in a database and maybe dropping them a letter once or twice a year. It's, it's, it's those touch points, building that client for life component, keeping uh, information back and forth between that consumer, even if it's a simple recipe or whatever it is you're sending to them, having them have that remember, oh, yeah, that's right. I worked with Dana. You know, let me refer him to my brother-in-law. I know he's looking for a house. Building that rapport and using the tech to do that is just, it's critical. It really, really makes makes a huge difference for for the loan officers uh, in the industry. Actually, any industry across the board, but specific to the loan officers. So as we talk tech, what are some of the things that lenders should be looking for? If they're looking for new technology, for better engagement, for a better way to send these notifications, for creating an environment for credit wellness, what are some of the things on that checklist that if they're now shopping for this type of solution, what should they be looking for? The first place I recommend uh, all my friends and colleagues, people that I've worked with, and I've done some consulting work on this as well, Start with a whiteboard. What's my current workflow? Where do I see that there are some issues that I can address? Where are some things that are working great that I don't want to affect, of course? And then choosing the software that kind of fits into that workflow the way that I see it working and embracing our workflow. Um, If you don't do it that way, it becomes quite a mess. You have loan officers trying to log into multiple systems. It can be very frustrating. Uh, again, not choosing or picking or even you know shouting out any specific types of technology, but making sure that number one, it integrates correctly with your current systems. Number two, it has a very easy user interface for your loan officers and for your consumers to log on, checking status, things like that. Um, but I, in my experience, the the less the loan officers have to do with the tech, and the more it's set it and forget it, the more it's put together and speaks well or communicates well with their existing systems, the more successful that's going to be. Uh, long implementations, detailed dashboards, too much. It's like drinking from a fire hose. So I've seen that fail many, many times where they don't embrace the workflow. So by, by bringing the correct software into your current workflow, it, it, uh, it really defines the CTO for the organization. He put some time and effort into it, chose the right software, brought it to the field correctly, and went through a, a proper implementation and training period. So let's let's expand upon that a little bit. So what I'm hearing from you is most importantly, and I talk to lenders on this show quite frequently. Sure. And I think what they always tell me is a top priority is it's got to fit within their current tech stack. That's it right. doesn't fit within their current tech stack. It can be the greatest, the newest, the shiniest object, <laughs> but it's not going to work. So 
you know, what should, when we talk tech stack, what are the other components that a lot of the technology that you're talking about has to fit into? Does it, does it have to integrate into an LOS or a POS? Or are we talking, you know, um, CRM systems? What are some of the integrations you think are critical so that this credit tool, this credit wellness can seamlessly fit right behind those and work with the loan officer? When you're talking about tech, making sure that they communicate properly is important. Making sure that you do not have to enter data in more than one system. You have issues there which could be uh, uh, keystroke errors and so on. So it's also who wants to enter the same information more than once anyway. So making sure that piece of technology does speak with your existing tech stack, to your point, is critical. That's probably right up there at the top with UI. I have a great UI. I have a, a system that communicates with all my other systems of record. <clears throat> That's where I need to be. There is a difference, and you brought it up about my system too. We do not need to integrate with anyone. There's no integration using our system whatsoever. Uh, so we kind of took that out of the equation for a few different reasons. Um, first, there's so many different components to a workflow. The last thing we want to do is make it more difficult for the, the CTO or your head of sales or whoever's in charge of bringing on new concepts and new processes. So we really simplified the process. And it, it, it's a matter of, of a link going out to a consumer as opposed to you sharing information. Your consumer chooses to opt into a process. Uh, it handles your compliance because there's no data issues, no data sharing whatsoever. Uh, the consumer chooses to move forward with us. And, and what's really super important, what we see that works really, really well, is when you are speaking to your client, you're saying, you know, I'm sorry, Mr. Ventura, today I'm unable to qualify you for a loan. The next best course of action for you is to fill out a mortgage strength scan, which is part of our process, keeping them in the know, making them feel like you are managing or helping manage their, their future, right? Building that client for life experience for the consumer. I'm not just here to take your app today. I'm here to take your app tomorrow, next month, the month after that, whenever we can get things in order for you to help you take those steps to financial wellness, financial freedom. Excellent. Well, one of the other things that I know is a major concern is lenders look at tools, especially as it relates to credit and credit wellness and health for their potential sure. borrowers and their turn down borrowers is there's a lot of systems out there that they basically are then going to shop that loan to the highest bidder. Talk to me about that, because I know that that's a, a, a been a concern for a lot of lenders. And in our discussion before, you had mentioned that if it's in their system, it's going to stay in their system. Expand upon that a little bit. Well, consumers, as much as we love them and we handle them, <laughs> they're not necessarily the most loyal uh, individual. I mean, and everyone has their best interest in mind. So to your point, shopping and going out there and talking to different people is, is important. So I stand out because I have a certain personality. I stand out because I provide a certain level of service for my consumers, maintaining that client for life view. So I'm thinking further ahead than just today in their application. So that's, that's really like an important component for me that they can see that the consumer's loyalty will come in based off your attitude, based off how you do, how you work with them on, on a given basis, whatever that might be. And it may not be their home purchase today. It may not be their refi today. It may be helping guide them through the next step in their lives. So there's a lot of components to that, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean. And then the flip side of it would be also that from a lender perspective, if it's in the lender, if that uh, prospective borrower is in the lender's pipeline, you're not shopping that to other lenders. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> they are, that contact remains the property of that referral partner. And for us, the referral partners are our loan officers. 
So when we get that consumer through a process, uh, it goes right back to that particular loan officer. Uh, hey, how you doing? Mr. Ventura is uh, is ready to to move forward with their, his application. Uh, we have resolved the issues. We provide a detailed roadmap uh, on the initial call with the consumer, go through that process with them, and then it goes right back to the loan officer to originate that loan when the time is right. Excellent. Talk about how important education is in this whole process. Education is, is it's, it's amazing. It's important. It keeps you uh, sharp, uh, staying, staying ahead of the curve, especially a lot of loan officers may not do those types of things. So it's important to, to be the standout that does keep your focus on things and on the cutting edge of technology, making sure you understand the guidelines, making sure when you're speaking to a consumer, you're, you're offering the correct information. Um, but but again, it's it's using the correct tools to bring you through to the next level to stand out to that referral partner or that consumer. Exactly, and if if they're passing the baton because it's set in and forget it, they don't have to be the expert, but they can have experts who can educate the consumer on the whole process, walking them through the steps to better credit, health, and wellness. Correct. That's a hundred percent correct. They, they can focus on what they do, do, do best. And what do they do best? They do networking. They do conversations with their referral partners, you know, sitting down and discussing how they can help improve their business. That's really where we shine because it gives them the time to do that. And then the, really the best phone call for a loan officer or one of the best phone calls is being able to call my realtor referral partner and say, hey, how you doing? I know you sent me a Mr. Ventura three months ago. He's now alone ready. His prequal letters in your inbox. You can start showing the homes up to X, Y, Z amount, you know, whatever that number is. That solidifies those relationships. That makes a loan officer stand out to that referral partner and builds that loyalty and that relationship there. But you're sending well, that business let's right talk back. about that because I think that's absolutely critical, especially when we talk about eventually rates are going to change, refis are going to dry up some, we're going to yeah. talk more purchase market. So having those tools readily accessible to the loan officer instantly builds up better rapport with realtors. Yes? Yes, 100%. Hey, there are so many loan officers going into these offices, and, and if you've been in the business, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You walk in, you maybe you bring up some pads, some donuts, whatever that might be, and that's great, and that's really nice. But what tools do you provide your realtor or referral partner to help them succeed? How many of them bring that to the table? It's not just I have a certain program or I have this. I'm actually taking consumers that were not able to do that home purchase, turning them into something for you, and then bringing them back prequeled. That's a big deal. That really makes a difference. And it makes well, the loan officer and, shine. And not only that, when you look at it and you say, hey, in today's pandemic world, dropping off those donuts and doing those personal visits, a lot of those are not happening any longer, right? That's right. That's right. Companies don't want somebody visiting their company. So being able to interact with them digitally and providing incredible value like that is very, very powerful. It is. It, it, it's really a standout. Like I said, you know, you can have certain programs, you can have different solutions. You may have great underwriting turn times. That's all great. And that is expected, of course, but being able to offer that other component, the, the, the nurturing component, the, the working with their customers to make them buy ready, you know, that they're ready to go. That is, again, to your point, that's extremely powerful and solidifies your relationship with that referral partner. You're going to be on their speed dial. You're going to be the first loan officer they call once you start sending the business back. Why wouldn't they? Well, and as a loan officer, if you have a tool that is going to be able to identify these opportunities without you having to do any additional work besides when they're turned down to follow the right workflow, 
That's right. They can continue to do the low hanging fruit. They can continue to do what they do. And then they get a notification saying, Mr. Or Mrs. Smith is now ready for a loan. And then another trigger goes to the realtor. Now you've really used technology and automation to improve relationships, to create borrowers for life. And I think that's where I see the greatest impact with this type of fintech. Absolutely. That is absolutely correct. And to your point, being able to have these things set up and just all happening in the background to give you the focus to be able to do what you need to do today. But in the back of your mind, you know that you know your three, six, nine-month plan is all in process and happening for you. I mean, that what's that worth, right, to the loan officer? And it doesn't cost them a thing to do to work with us whatsoever. It's completely complimentary for them. So they have nothing to lose other than to think about their future for a quick second while we go through a setup process, which is very, very easy. And then put them, to, to your point, put us into their workflow, and then it's done. Set it and forget it. Those consumers are going through our process and being delivered right back to that loan officer when they're ready to go. Dana, you've provided great insights. I know we're winding down on this episode. What else would you like to leave our listeners with? What do you think is going to be critical the second half of 2020 and the first part of 2021? I think we really need to, as a, as a, as a group or a community, uh, really need to start looking to the future, planning ahead, making sure that we have our, our ducks in a row for, for to your point, when the, when the refinance boom does dry up, uh, being prepared to, to sustain our business. Uh, and to do that, it's having the right tools in place, having the right connections in place, and solidifying the relationships so that I know that tomorrow will be a brighter day for me and my team and so on. I, I think they really need to open up their eyes to, to tomorrow and the next day and just looking past all that. Uh, that'll make the difference. That will take a loan officer again, who's just averagely performing now and bring them to the next level and prepare them for the things that are coming. Fantastic. Dana, for those of you, those uh, who are listening that have additional questions or would like to reach out to you, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? They can reach, reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's fine. Or they can go to our site, mortgagestrength.com. Fantastic. Dana, it has been a pleasure. I appreciate all of your time and insights. Thank you so much for being on this episode of FinTech Hunting. Thank you, Michael. FinTech Hunting is brought to you by Next Level Advisors. Next Level Advisors, where businesses come to grow.